Sachs, and the Sarah Rose story. I'm Glenn Klein. Sarah, what's your story? Hey, Glenn. Good to be here with you today. So today my story is the sex- sexual shadow. Say that 10 times fast. Sexual shadow, sexual shadow, sexual faster, shadow, faster, sexual faster. shadow. Se- Ooh. <laughs> I like when you say faster, faster. <laughs> I bet that's not the first time you've said that. <laughs> the, the dominant came out of me. <laughs> Love that. Sexual shadow, sexual shadow, sexual shadow. Well, we'll get into the sexual shadow, and uh, but first, happy to report to your fans across the planet that your voice is sounding much better than much better. one week ago. <laughs> Rose is back. Did you use some throat coat? <laughs> you know, I didn't. I went to the grocery store, and we have a really great one here in Austin that I love that's got like really amazing um, selection and I looked at every single tea there and there was no throat coat I got a different throat one though and then I got home and <clears throat> I've been busy and I haven't made any of it <laughs> how's your training been my training oh jujitsu training yeah and your diet and you know you've really been trying to seemingly be disciplined yeah, so um, this this uh, meal plan that I'm on, I just don't like it. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. My housemate, I gave him one of my my things, my meals, and we're both literally sitting there at the table trying to eat this shit. <laughs> Like, looking at each other so miserable. So I, I definitely have to cancel it because I am not one to uh, have a miserable existence in my life. <laughs> like, I like to enjoy life way too much. And I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I eat a mostly vegan diet. I eat healthy. Like I, you know, I'm used to eating a lot of vegetables and I just don't know what in the world they do to these meals to make them taste so bad it's horrible they take these fresh amazing vegetables and they just taste awful so i'm not happy with that are they fresh when they're delivered Mm-hmm. yeah huh yeah i mean it's a great company like highly regarded company uh you know everything's super fresh super foods uh you know high quality ingredients but just the way they prepare it it tastes horrible. And they send me a review each week. And I've, I think I've, I think this might be my third week of doing it. And this week I was like, this shit is just nasty. <laughs> Good old back. <laughs> so, um, it's three meals a day. The breakfast, I can deal with those. The breakfast is okay. Some days I just eat like three of the breakfast meals all on the same day because I can't deal with the uh, the lunch and dinner stuff they send me. What <laughs> when, when you have a cheat meal or a cheat snack? What's your go to? Tacos, always tacos, queso. Tacos without any meat. Y- yeah, I just do vegetable tacos. That that that's as bad as it gets for Sarah Rose. <laughs> this is bad as it gets. <laughs> But the queso, I love queso. In Austin, all we eat are tacos. Like, literally, it's so funny on the dating sites when I, I'll scroll through them. And 
almost everybody has something on their dating site about fucking tacos. It's like, that's all we care about here are the tacos. And everywhere you go, they have tacos. There's breakfast tacos, lunch tacos, dinner tacos, dessert tacos, 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 tacos. Well, everybody likes fucking tacos. Everybody likes fucking tacos. If, if, you, if you catch my drift there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Do you have a go-to cheat dessert? Uh, cheat dessert. Um, I'm not really a big dessert fan too much. I like chocolate, but... Dark chocolate, chocolate. is good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good antioxidants in I actually went to Guatemala a few years ago and I worked with a cacao shaman there and I brought back 50 pounds of ceremonial cacao and I used to make my own chocolates from it and so good. How do you do that? Uh, so he sells like these, I think they're one pound blocks of cacao paste and I would just melt the cacao paste and put in some coconut oil, some ghee, uh, a little bit of salt, honey. You can do, I can't remember if I ever tried doing maple syrup instead of honey. I may have tried, but I think the consistency was better with honey. And then you can flavor it with different essential oils like lavender or rose, different things like that. You ever put in a little cannabis in there too? I did not. No, I'm not. I don't do cannabis. So not my thing. What do you do? What substances will you ingest? Uh, none. Not even alcohol? Oh, well, I mean, I thought you meant other type of substances. Yeah, I drink wine. I like wine. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't usually drink other types of liquor too often unless I'm, you know, if I'm going to a cocktail bar and it's like, okay, this looks like a fun experience to try out some different cocktails, but my go-to is typically red wine. Again, like dark chocolate in moderation, healthy for you. Yeah, for sure. So you are just for completely sure. unrelatable to the vast majority of the population. You realize that, right? Why is that? Because you're super healthy and, 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 and you come every 10 seconds and you don't ingest anything that's bad for you. And no, that's you, you actually are a great example for humanity. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That. <laughs> how, how aware is your housemate of what you do for a living? Oh, I mean, yeah, he knows what I do. I mean, we talk about it. Like, he'll have different things go on with women in his life, and he'll ask me questions, and uh, he definitely knows. He follows my Instagram and everything, so. And uh, is he into tantric? Uh, he has his own spiritual path that he follows um, that also has some mysticism in it, so yeah he does his own thing though and what type of question would be a typical question relationally that he would come to you with um i don't want to get into his private life well we know but well, but nobody knows him and it just doesn't make a difference <laughs> but, but, but i mean is yeah. it, it, or say he's living with a tantric active with the founder of tantric activation obviously uh somebody who is living on a high plane so is are his questions of a higher plane or like a typical question like we get in the Ask Professor Sarah mailbag segment? 
Okay, so he did say, so yesterday he did ask me a question, and he said that he had met a woman, and he felt, um, he didn't call it his root chakra, but in the area of his root chakra is perineum, he said he felt when he met her that that area like really got hot and it felt like fire and like rushes up his spine and up his, you know, through his body. And he's like, what is that? And so we were just talking about Kundalini rushes and, you know, the activation of the Kundalini, Kundalini rising, things like that. And, you know, it sounded like something along those lines may have happened. Maybe she had a strong uh, spiritual practice, something you know mystical tradition that had that activated in her as well and then when they met those energies between the two of them just naturally began to to move so we had that conversation last night so the answer to the question is no that he is not asking you the typical kind of questions that we get <laughs> in the ask professor sarah mailbag segment which will be coming up here on the quality show known as sex and the sarah rose story it was in a early rendition again of story time with sarah hope you are enjoying you said to me a while ago we've never met face to face and i have never done or practiced uh tantric sex or tantra period uh know a little bit about it have done uh, quite a bit of meditation but you said to me something to the effect of that I had a very safe and strong masculine energy. But you never explained to me why you thought that. What clued you off or what, what do you pick up on? Uh, because now the, obviously the audience is getting to know me a little bit. And also I'm curious as to, you know, I don't ask the kind of questions that your housemate asked or that undoubtedly some of your sex stallion uh, graduates, et cetera, uh, man on fire people would ask because I'm just not there. But what, what, what did you pick up on? So what I noticed about you and is that, um, you're, you're reliable. I mean, that's a big thing, right? Like somebody, a man that is reliable goes a long way. Somebody that, you know, does what they say they're going to do, what they're going to do, when they're going to do it. Um, that is just, that makes somebody feel safe. I mean, it's very simple. <laughs> it's not like, right, well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I've met some like very, you know, supposedly highly spiritual people who can't, you know, ever show up on time or do what they say they're going to do and they're unreliable and I don't feel safe with those people. So what does that say about, you know, the type of so-called spirituality? Right on. Well, on last Friday, Sex in the Pews, on the Valentine's Day special, uh, we had my ex-wife, Dawn, on there. And she she agreed to come on. It was an incredible episode. And we're very close still. We've known each other for coming up on 39 years. And I wasn't always this way. I wasn't always safe with her. Safe enough, reliable enough. I mean, we have six children, and we had incredible business together, et cetera. But recently, over the last, let's say, five years or so, where we used to date still after we got divorced. I wanted to have an open marriage, but she wouldn't do it. And so when we got divorced, she was cool with having an open divorce. So that is a true story. So I said to her on the show on Friday, I said, why don't you want to date me anymore? 
And she said uh, that, first of all, that I caused a problem with the other men she was dating because I was such a threat to them. That was number one. And she said she was, I was not sure, she said, so much. And I said, I know why. She goes, because, I said, because I'm kinder to you. I'm more patient. I'm uh, <laughs> more reliable. And here's what she said. She said, you might have something there. <laughs> what, yes. it, what is it about women that wants to be, I mean, I wasn't abusive, abusive, but I could be pretty judgmental and pretty harsh with my tongue. What is it about women, certain women, obviously, not you're not one of them, that is actually drawn to something like that? Well, it actually goes into what we're going to talk about as far as the shadow self. So um, that's top, perfect, top, perfect, perfect segue into our topic of nice. conversation for the day. <laughs> L- love a nice dovetail. And I was uh, honored to share some story time with Coach Glenn. That was that. <laughs> That was what that was. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't, yeah. all right. So why? First of all, why does that dovetail nicely into our topic today of sexual shadow? Okay, so let's talk about um, the shadow self. What that is, because the shadow self definitely encompasses more than just our sexuality, but it really does impact our sexuality and our relationships as well. So the shadow self is also called the lost self. It's the part of ourself that we um, shove down. It gets pushed so far into the unconscious, fragmented from us that we basically forget that it's even there. And this happens because um, over long periods of time, we get signals from society, from religion, from friends, from parents, that there are parts of ourselves that if we exhibit them, we will not belong. We will be unsafe. And so we push those parts of ourselves down um, and they we really do disconnect from them. So uh, doesn't mean that they're not actually there anymore, but they're like, you know, basically just these shadow pieces, these lost pieces of us. And so in an instance where you're talking about with women and why they do that, um, it's because these, they have lost parts of themselves that they have shoved down that they then see in another person Um, and you can either be attracted to it or you can judge it heavily. So, um, you might want to like try and reclaim parts of yourself in another, or there's parts of yourself that you hate. And so you, then you see them exhibited in another and you hate the other person for that as well. So it can go some different ways. Um, but basically like these these parts of ourselves are so deep down in there that they really cause havoc in our lives you know people get super triggered because they have these parts of themselves that get triggered when they see things you know in society or in other people or in their partner being exhibited uh and these when they get stirred up um like that trauma there's often uh, some sort of original trauma that caused the shadow self, um, that that part gets tr- triggered as well. And so it can be just, you know, a really 
upsetting situation for a lot of people who are walking around with so many parts of them um, just that they're disconnected from. And I know in my life personally, when I started doing work around the shadow self, that was when I finally felt peace in my own body. And like from that, from reclaiming these parts of myself that I had shoved down and disconnected from and bringing them back, accepting them as who they, as who I am, it brought this sense of wholeness into me. And I literally remember the day where I was sitting in my room and I'd been doing a lot of these shadow work practices and I just, I felt I had this thought come to me that I didn't feel spiritual anymore. And I sat with that for a while and I didn't really understand what that meant or why I was feeling that. And what I finally was able to, to realize was that for me, spirituality had always been a search for something outside of me that was going to make me whole. And, you know, if it was in Christianity, like I was praying or in yoga tradition, like I was meditating, you know, there's like all these different ways that I was trying to, to achieve this wholeness by chanting enough, getting up early enough, doing enough sadhana, you know, doing enough something to, to be worthy. And what happened was like, I I just finally felt worthy in myself. I didn't need someone or something to do that for me anymore. And so I no longer had that experience of searching, which is what I had identified with my entire life as a spiritual practice was like the searching for something else, right? And so it just, it's very, very profound to bring these pieces of us into the conscious and to really love all parts of who we are. Uh, And, you know, we see a lot of women that, and men also, that haven't done this work. And so, you know, they're looking for somebody else to treat them um, in a way that is in alignment with how they see themselves, how they view themselves. Uh, I mean, there's, there's different ways we, we approach relationship, but that's one of them. Wow. Let's start unpacking all of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come back to how this happened for you and, and what, what the release was and, and a little bit of the work and process. But let's go back to people who are being triggered. First of all, as you said, it could be a past trauma. What other reasons besides somebody experiencing something, even in utero, in childhood, as an adolescent, what have you, what other reasons would people have triggers available to them or activated in their souls? Well, and it doesn't even have to be from this lifetime. Like it can, it can be passed down through genetics as well. So things from your ancestors that you've passed down. That's why women that have uh, sexual shutdown 
while while we do live in a sex neg- negative society, you know, um, and which burnings happen in a different fashion today than they they did before, somebody that has you know in their lineage women who had been burned at the stake and you know women who who saw other women go through that and carried that trauma in their body and then passed that trauma down to their daughters um you know we we definitely have have those things in us and depending on the circumstance in our particular life some of those uh some of those traumas get turned on um some of them do not just depending on what's you know the environment how how safe it is and everything so there's a lot of ways that trauma can come in um and your question again was what well i that that, that your answer to the question is is that okay. how these besides just an experience that an individual person has i i think that genetics has a lot more to do with how we are, then we give it credit to a lot of times because we know that physical attributes are passed down uh, genetically. I mean, that's sort of self-evident. But emotional attributes are passed down as well genetically. And if you had a ancestor uh, who was raped as a sexual slave, for example, and you came, you know, fast forward seven, eight generations down the path... And other things happen to those people uh, who are in your lineage. Yeah, you might be getting triggered by some things that don't make any sense to you at all because you didn't experience that personally, but you're you but you experience it genetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and triggers are different than trauma, but they all they often. Um, are connected to the trauma. So whenever there somebody gets triggered by something, they can, if they're conscious of it, they can start to look underneath the trigger to see what trauma is there. Um, and sometimes they may not even know exactly what it is because like we're talking about, you may not know exactly what happened seven generations before you. But if you have the tools to... Um, do work around this, then you can release trauma from your body without ever even knowing what the story is. So the story of what happened isn't really important. Um, You can definitely heal without even knowing what it is that you're healing specifically. Why do certain people, and I'm thinking of one former girlfriend in particular of mine, but it, you see it all the time that people just can't break through. They just would rather stay in the status of victimhood than break through. What, why do you think that? Is there a common denominator? Yeah. So most of what we do in our day to day life is ruled by the primal brain rather than the cortex or the limbic system. And so the what happens in the the primal brain is where. Um, trauma is stored there and then emotions uh, are created in the limbic system around that situation and then there's a story that the cortex creates around the emotion and the trauma and so but the trauma gets lodged really deep in the brain and if 
if your primal brain has a certain pattern and a certain tendency, then you can think, you know, a million times that you want your life to be different um, in the cortex, but you're going to continually self-sabotage unless you're able to release it from the primal brain and create new patterns there. So your primal brain is really only concerned with survival. And you're, it knows that you've survived whatever has happened in your past, right? And so bad or good, it doesn't really matter. All it matters is that you survived it. And so if you've survived it, then your primal brain is like, that's fine. We can, we know we can survive this. This can happen again introduce, you know, something different that you want for your life that maybe you feel like is more positive for your life, but your primal brain may be like, well, we haven't survived that yet. So <laughs> we're not going to try that out because we don't know you're going to survive it. So one of the techniques that I give clients is to actually visualize in five senses reality what it is that they want for their life because the brain won't differentiate between the reality of what has actually happened and this five sense reality, um, imagination, fantasy, whatever you want to call it. And so that way your brain starts to recognize this is possible. I can survive this and you can create new patterns in your life, uh, that you can actually, you know, begin to manifest in, in your life the desires that you actually want to have occur. But why do you think certain people just don't want to gain ascendancy over that stuff? Well, maybe they don't know they can, but there's also a lot that comes into play with family of origin, right? So if you're part of a family that has a certain uh, level of income, right? say, or a certain level of education, or if your parents were miserable in their marriage, right, and you want something different, you may actually sabotage yourself in order to stay the same, connected to, belonging with your family of origin. Um, so, you know, if your, fam if your parents fought constantly, you might not feel like you'll belong with your family anymore if you have a healthy, thriving marriage. So you may sabotage that in order to continue to belong with them. Wow. That's fantastic yeah. insight. Belonging is important because in that, again, it goes back to the days of tribal society. When we were in tribal, um, like in these tribal nations, we could not survive without our tribe. It's different in today's, you know, where you can survive. You don't have to have um, your family of origin, but that wasn't the case. And so at the point when our primal brains were developing, we had to have the tribe in order to survive. So really, again, it comes down to survival. And again, a genetically based emotional response, even when it is ineffective to want to continue to belong to certain families and certain tribes, but we still have this real need to belong. Mm -hmm. The cool thing is, is that you can develop a new tribe in 2020 you, and you can still have that sense of belonging without it being coming along with the toxic baggage that so many people's families unfortunately carry. Yeah. And we see a lot of people now do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So getting back to where you realized that 
or you were feeling that you weren't spiritual anymore, and then you pressed in and finally basically woke up and felt whole without having to pray, without having to meditate, not that those are necessarily uh, bad things in and of themselves, but that you found your wholeness in who you are versus what you were doing. Can you walk us through that process a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I love to meditate. Like meditation feels so good. So it's nothing that these things are bad. I love chanting to Shiva and to Kali. Like these these are things that I enjoy. I find pleasure in them. But they no longer it's no longer that I I'm doing those things to to try and become enlightened. I'm not doing these things to try and get into heaven. I'm not doing these things to, you know, try and reincarnate into a better life next time around, whatever it may be. You know, we all have, so many people have different belief systems and, you know, reasons that we do things. Uh, But yeah, it was really through these shadow work practices of reclaiming the lost parts of myself that it just was like, okay, I don't, I don't have to have something outside of me save me anymore. Like, it's, I'm worthy, I am deserving, I'm safe, I belong, and I'm just me. It's so uh, pivotal to be able to embrace all of you in order to walk in the peace that actually is resident in every human heart. And so many times people think, oh, if I just get the new job or if I just get the new girlfriend or the new boyfriend or if I live in a different location or if I just had more money or whatever, that would be the ticket. But if somebody isn't able to walk in a consistent flow of peace and joy throughout their day, regardless of their circumstances, there is no way that those things that I just named, and others, of course, will fill that void. And it's very obvious because you have the most beautiful, wealthy, famous, lauded, successful people on the planet, drug-addicted, alcoholics, (laughs) violent, uh, succumbing to suicide. So all those exterior things can't be it. What is it? This is good news, you guys is that we're called human beings for a reason. We're not human doings, except we find, unfortunately, so much in our society, our sense of identity in what we do versus what we be. And what you're saying, Sarah, I think, is that you came to rest at who you actually be. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't still have desires you know i i want i love traveling i love buying nice things i love you know spending money on things i have you know tons of ambition and uh there's and those things are all okay as well and i think that's part of it for me was just accepting that that it's okay to to want it's okay to desire uh and that's also very biological right like that is a huge part of the development of our species has been the um like just the intrinsic want for more like greed is actually something that has um 
created the the species that we have for better or worse but you know it's definitely a biological thing that we have so i'm not one to sit here and say like oh like suddenly i like <laughs> don't want anything I no, no no that's like not, that, that, no, but, like... no that's not what, no 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 that's not <laughs> what we're saying obviously and anybody that, that listens to this show and that follows you uh, your blog and on tantric activation and uh, Sarah Rose Jiu Jitsu on Instagram knows that that's not true. But there's a difference in finding a sense of pleasure in accomplishing things and finding yourself in those accomplishments. That's the difference. You, yeah. you, a person is in, in a much better position if they first do this shadow work, as you indicate, this type of spiritual practice that leads to a, the rest and the peace that regardless of what happens you can walk in that doesn't mean you want bad things to happen or that you don't want to accomplish things but you're going to be in a much better position to not be a total asshole when you are accomplishing things and when you are out there uh being ambitious and stuff if you have uh the understanding of who you truly be versus finding your identity and what you do and i will also say in that like there's a lot more empowerment that comes along with it. And when in the past, when people were assholes to me feeling like, okay, well, I must be deserving of this somehow or some way. And now I'm like, fuck you. And like, I will literally like rise up and shut that shit down. You know, <laughs> so it's um, like, there's always, there's, I, there's always a backstory when somebody's an asshole or somebody, he's being ugly with you i had a lifelong best friend out of the blue i'm talking about i know this guy my entire life he stood up at our wedding he was a camper of mine one day he called me and he ended our relationship out of the blue for nothing over nothing and i was absolutely blowed the fuck away and i didn't know what to do with it I, there, there was no explanation and i just sat with it because I, as heartbroken as I was over this experience, I realized I hadn't done anything wrong, that there was something, there was more to the story. About two or three months later, he called me back and he profusely apologized. And I said, what was that? And he said, Glenn, I have no idea what happened. Oh he goes, that wasn't me. And then about three months later, he was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's at 55 <laughs> years old. See, oh see there, you guys, there's almost always a backstory when somebody's being ugly with you. But as Sarah said, if they're being an asshole to you and it, they're not approaching you with constructive, loving criticism and comments, there's a backstory to it almost all the time. One thing for sure, Sarah, is that they haven't done the shadow work when people are like that. Yeah, I'm really excited right now in the Man on Fire program. Uh, we did week one of five weeks of shadow work this week. And it's like, it's so great to see the guys go through this process and how, you know, they're able to unlock these parts of themselves, bring to the conscious things that they didn't even know were there. These things that are really holding them back from having the relationships they want to have, from having the sex they want to have. And it's exciting to see yeah, the transformation that takes place week by week as we go through it. That's awesome. Do you, do you remember uh, the artist, uh, that used to be known as Cat Stevens. 
Mm-mm, He's no. a Yusef Islam now. Very uh, popular uh, singer songwriter. He's in the Hall of Th- the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He became a devout Muslim, and then he's kind of come back. He's still Yusef Islam, but he uh, wrote a song back in the seventies called Moon Shadow, and it's about this. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend you guys. If it's a great song, first of all, but I highly recommend you guys uh, searching it uh, on YouTube or whatnot. Moon Shadow by Cat Stevens. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow. Yeah. The, you have to be comfortable with your own shadows. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, there's so much power in the emotion. So this week in particular in Man on Fire, we started out working with emotions. And the, emo- the emotions that we don't like that society deems negative or bad emotions they actually have so much power in them and when we suppress them what they do is they just have control over us whereas you if you bring them to the conscious then you're in control of them and you can use them and you can use their power for your benefit in a conscious way so that's what we were working on this week was specifically around the emotions of judgment anger, disgust, uh, I don't remember all of them, but there was like five or six different emotions that we were working with and integrating those, like embodying them, saying, yes, I am disgust, like feeling the heaviness of disgust in their bodies and claiming that, yes, they are that. And that's completely counterintuitive to everything that we are typically taught to do, right? Like we're taught to, we don't want to feel that. We don't want to feel these negative emotions these are bad we want to disassociate from them if we have those things we definitely don't want anybody else to know about it right but this is like proudly claiming it accepting it and accepting that power and that is part of the empowerment process is accepting all of who you are even the things that you don't want anybody else to know about this is so powerful you know, I used to be a Pentecostal, charismatic, messianic, Jewish, Christian guy. We, 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 <laughs> I just love that phrase. We, 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 we speak in tongues, you know? Yeah. We get, when we get all excited, we would speak in tongues. Yeah. I, I was so excited right there. I just wanted to speak in tongues. That's how, that's how, that's how powerful what you just said was. <laughs> I, used to, I used to speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. I always speak in tongues. I, I have this theory that everybody could speak in tongues if they'd want to. That because everybody is is the same. Everybody's one. Everybody's perfect inside. Everybody has been imbued and endued by the spirit. That's what I think. I still do it, man. I still I have fun with it, man. I just I just I I have fun. What, I'm an old camp director. It's it's just my life is organized fun with a purpose. That's the whole fucking point. I just I mean, if you're not having fun, you know what the hell's the point of this? <laughs> Speaking of which, okay, so I know you're on my uh, my email list. So you've seen. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Okay, so you've seen over the last two weeks how I've been setting the guys up for this Valentine ritual that they can do with their lover this Valentine's Day weekend. Right. And so, you know, it's like, it's a tantric ritual each day. I'm giving them a new or a new part of the ritual. Okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And like, it can seem like it's very serious right it's so, the, it's so perfect today was released my uh video that i did with master ken who if you're not familiar with master ken definitely look him up he's one of my 
favorite people on the planet. He's so fucking hilarious. Is, are, are, is he, he's been in your videos. The, so on Instagram, I've, right? I've been honored to be on his video. Oh, you're twice, just sharing those. His videos twice okay. now. Yeah. So uh, we did one together last Valentine's Day, and now we have one uh, that is that came out today for uh, this Valentine's Day weekend. And so um, in this video, you'll see basically I'm spoofing this whole thing that I'm just like teaching these guys to do for valentine's day this weekend and like making it so fucking ridiculous and silly and so that's actually going to go out in my email letter today of like now now you like i've taught you all the real stuff how to do it now don't take yourself so seriously and just have some fun with it <laughs> exactly i mean if there was one thing that came out of the episode that you did with your gay husband case erickson is how silly you guys are <laughs> and here you are, two really brilliant people that can get so deep that you make a guy want to speak in tongues. <laughs> and yet, you guys see that's it's 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 important to continue to be childlike, not childish. If people that haven't dealt with their shadows are still childish, but yeah. people that have the shadow work can actually walk through life as a mature, giving, responsible, childlike adult. And that's fun. That's fucking a good time right there. Oh, yeah. And you have to. I mean, life is tough. Being a human is not the easiest thing, right? We didn't sign up for an easy experience here. And if you can't have fun, if you can't laugh, oh, my God, there's... What's the point in even being here? Yeah, yeah I mean, it just, <laughs> that's why. Like, sometimes I listen to these podcasts that I do with you, and I'm like, I sound ridiculous. I just laugh at everything. But like, you fucking have to laugh at everything because if you didn't, like, it's there's so much shit going on in the world. It's so overwhelming. Like, it's just I have I have to just keep myself laughing or else. Well, it's hilarious. Human beings are hilarious. <laughs> You're either going to weep and gnash your teeth. Or crack up. What's I mean? And laugh. It's, there's there's really no middle ground. And people always say, "Well, you know, that's too soon." I was like, "Well, is it really? Is it? How much longer do we have to wait to find joy in a situation?" One thing we do know psychologically is that when a person is over something, then they can laugh about it. I just like to. For myself and my clients, I like them. My audience, I like to expedite the process if possible. And one of the ways to expedite it is to put it in things in proper perspective. Like, yeah, for sure. And most of the time, as as you're right, as big a hassle as life could be, most of the time, it could it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Most of the time, you just start there. Okay, so be thankful that whatever hassle and bullshit you're dealing with is not this bullshit. That's the start of being able to get over something. And uh, as Sarah said, the, the the shadow work that you can get at the uh, Man on Fire series, that's a really excellent place to start. But speaking of Valentine's Day, which was uh, last Friday, we've got a kind of a Valentine's question uh, in the first letter in the mailbag to uh, Ask Professor Sarah, it's from uh, Sal in Schenectady, New York. And he says, Dear Professor, my girlfriend is really into Valentine's Day. 
our anniversary, birthdays, Christmas, etc. I think that every day is special and that these holidays are really more for commerce than anything else. How do I bridge this gap? I mean, if it's special to her, if it's important to her, then you need to honor that. Um, I think you have a point for sure that everything, every day is special, but that can also just kind of be an excuse to not have to put in some extra effort during these (laughs) other periods of time. Uh, And while every day is special, absolutely, it's also nice to just, you know, take some time out of the regular routine and spend some time doing something a little bit different, a little bit extra special, and just enjoy it. Um, Like I told the guys on my email list these last couple weeks, to embody the lover archetype. And um, the lover archetype, he experiences as much sensation as possible. So just try that on. Try setting a scene where you're having sex with her and you're going into this scene as the lover. And just try that on. See how sex feels different. Uh, And that can be, you know, your little Valentine extra special if you want. What about when one of the partners makes a big deal out of these holidays and then pretty much is lame the rest of the year. <laughs> well, then you just start, you just suck. But. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> no, I, I think that, uh, Sal, uh, you may have a challenge here if your girlfriend isn't willing to have some of these other days that uh, Hallmark doesn't produce cars for uh, to be special as well. So in the meantime, if, if you think that every day is special, then those days are special too. So go for it. Yeah, but I mean, I doubt that's what she's doing. I doubt she's like, only these days are special and no other days no, are no, special. No, I'm not saying that, but what I am, I'm not saying that sales girl for who the hell knows. But what some people do is say, well, I, you know, I did such a nice Christmas dinner or what, look what I did for you for Valentine's Day. And, right. and then, but they're just a jerk the rest of the days in between. Yeah, that happens. I think people should go crazy for President's Day, which is Monday. There's so many things you could do. (laughs) It's a sexy holiday right there. Is it Monday? Yeah, it's Monday. Oh, I didn't even know that. It's Monday for President's Day. You could dress up like Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln. That's hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go to the theater. Go to the theater. Other other than that, Mrs. I'm, I'm other than that, Mrs. Right other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> it's too soon, too soon for that joke. Totally drying up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor from uh, we can't have that for God's sake, <laughs> Jesus. Taylor that from rarely happens. <laughs> Taylor from Venice Beach uh, says, uh, "Dear Sarah, women complain that my cock is too big and painful for them. All I want to do is bring them pleasure." And it hurts me to be hurting them. What can I do about it? Well, I'm going to have to try this out myself just so that way I can, you know, make sure there's not something else going on there that really um, we need to work on and that it is just the size of a cock. So um, I'll be sending my address and we can uh, (laughs) experiment. (laughs) 
<laughs> you may want to have Taylor send some pictures first <laughs> from Venice and so before you get out your address. We're going to be getting a lot more of these letters. <laughs> oh, God. So, okay, a too big cock. I mean, you've got hands and you have a mouth. Same as guys that say their cock is too small. So, there are many options other than just your cock. Use them. I mean, it would have to be really big. I mean, for, for not to be able to at least go in a little bit. And I would say most vaginas? Yes? Yeah, I mean, most... Because most... You, I mean, a vagina can stretch to get a baby out yes, of it. Yes, so more than I one sometimes. I don't think your cock is that big you know so it's going to take some it might take some foreplay you know open her up but i don't think that you know you're not able to get your cock in i haven't seen that one happen yet do you want to share like the largest cock you've ever enjoyed um just give maybe taylor some help that you could <laughs> compare uh, emotional compare it to uh, it has nothing to do with us wanting to know you see, you understand that coach Right, <laughs> nothing at all. This is just for Taylor. <laughs> so then, you know, then he can compare himself. Like, what's what's the biggest one that's uh, that you've ever enjoyed that did not hurt that you enjoyed? So I hate this question because I am really bad when it comes to like how big something actually was. Like, if you want a fucking number, I don't know. All right, I don't, know. All right. I don't pull out a ruler when I'm having sex. No, I understand. But but <laughs> but I guarantee you, the guy, whoever you're thinking about right now, he knew. <laughs> He, I'll, I'll text him. <laughs> so you're still in touch. You're still a big fan. Still a big fan. <laughs> Send your questions for Professor Sarah to hello at tantricactivation.com. That's a good address to get in touch with her. Hello at tantricactivation.com. You can also send uh, your ideas for topics of the show. And... Uh, that's just a generally good way to get in touch. Also, don't forget the Instagram accounts, Tantric Activation and Sarah Rose Jiu-Jitsu on Instagram, Sarah Rose also on Facebook. So uh, I covered all that, those different platforms. In other words, it's easy to get in touch with you. I guess that's the point. If someone finds to find Sarah Rose, they can find Sarah Rose. So what was the inspiration for those Valentine's videos? Those were, those were very funny. And sexy as well, of course. That you could. Stand. Oh, did you did you get to see the new one? Well, I saw that it's, they're brief. There's like he, he's to your okay. You're looking at your device. He's to the left. You're on the right, and you're like not abracadabra, but it's like poof. Or what, what's going on there? Okay, so that's not the whole video. That was just like a. It was like a promotional thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole video came out today. Yeah. But no, I'm talking about yeah. what 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 was what was the, what was going on there that, that was just incredibly attractive and <laughs> and funny. And- I mean, we just we're just silly. Like Master Ken is just he's a comic genius, and he does these videos all the time. So his whole thing is about he he has his own form of martial arts called Ameridote, and he has experts. And other martial arts come in to try and defeat him. Well, no one can ever defeat Master Ken and Ameridote. There's just no way to defeat it. So last year, I went on the show, and Tantra was the first and only thing that could ever come close to and did 
defeat Emeridote. So he, uh, his followers love that he had finally met his match. So we went, I went back this time. Um, but you're going to have to watch it and see what happens to see if he, he has a comeback or not. All right. You can see that at tantricactivation.com. Uh, it's actually on Instagram, not on the website. You can go to Tantric Activation on the Insta machine. On the Insta machine, yep. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is not time for another rendition of Cards for Humanity. Coach Sarah's friend, Aaron Hickox. Uh, let's talk about sex cards. And they're, it's like Cards Against Humanity, except it's for humanity. And the d cards are uh, colored different according to different chakras. And uh, so today's is red. What, what is the red chakra? So that is the root chakra. Uh, it's the, either the anus, perineum, cervix, that part of the body. Uh, it's a place of um, safety. It's like the primal sexuality comes from there. It's very grounded, earthy feeling uh, sensations. Yeah. Which is ties nicely into this question here. Okay. Something I don't like about sex is blank. Something I don't like about sex is. Hmm. Um. <laughs> it's very difficult for Sarah Rose <laughs> to come up with something. I mean, there's a lot about, like, sex and culture that I don't like. You know, just the way it's perceived, the, the shadow side of sex, all of that. But as far as, like, me actually having sex myself? Um... I'm not sure. I don't know. What about you? See, it's like when people call rape sex. I don't think rape is sex. Mm -hmm. I think it's assault. Mm -hmm. I don't think shaming somebody, slut shaming, for example, is sexual. I think it's abusive. And so when, for example, the competition aspect of sex it's really when two people or an entire society as you said because we're really fucked up in the head when it comes to sexuality it's really not about sex it it has something to do with sex so and we can't just wave our magic wand and wish that everybody had an understanding of how wonderful and healthy consensual fulfilling sex is so I, if i had to say though I, the, the thing that i don't if, if i could if i could i would have um people being able to basically conduct their lives the way that you are and be open to anything sexually i think that people are very limited in their sexual expression because of our puritanical society to this day. I think there's a lot of people who would like to have sex with multiple partners with the same sex uh, that can't because of the religious undertone that is still very much part of this country. 
but as far as like actually you having sex because i mean i would agree i would say all the same thing but like you having sex is what do you, is there anything you don't like the sleeping over afterwards <laughs> i don't like that part <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I, usually do that. I like I just I like to sleep and not have to worry about if I'm gonna fart and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's what I don't like about sex. <laughs> the having a sleepover part. And then and then and then women no, I, I, I would agree. Like, and then I, women I, get a lot of women like they're upset if you don't want them to stay over. Ugh. Just go home, honey. I mean, just or take a nap if you've been drinking and then get up and go. <laughs> I just I want I want to wake up and have my coffee and Jesus. Yeah, I'll text you tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll talk to you. All right, this one is an orange card. What is what is orange chakra? Uh, so orange would be the sacral chakra. It's connected to your sexuality. It's more fluid, watery. Uh, it's the clitoris, the tip of the penis. The, the whole like pelvis area in there something that turns me on is blank something that turns me on is most things turn me on <laughs> uh except stories about mary todd lincoln and i know like i was thinking about that i'm like that's probably one of the few things that hasn't turned me on lately or actually turned me off <laughs> Thanks for telling me that you were drying up. We could switch the topic. <laughs> of course, I had to bring it back. God, <laughs> so bad. Uh, what, is, what turns me on? Other than, other than a spanking from your gay husband, Case Erickson, that's a guaranteed turn on. What is a go-to? Jiu-jitsu. What's a go-to? There's one jujitsu competitor right now that I have not fucked yet. And I really want to. And so I'm like... Every time his Instagram posts come up, I'm like, oh, I want him so bad. Yeah, that's what's really turning me on at the moment. And that's Sarah's story, and she's sticking to it. <laughs>